I'm not good at verbalizing my feelings. So if I seem stoic to you, if I, if I seem like I don't care, it's not that. I'm just not great at expressing it. I mean, that's a good place to start. What's up, guys? Welcome to the podcast, episode 174. Thanks for being here and watching and listening, wherever you're coming from, whatever platform you're on right now. I just, I'm grateful to be able to speak into wherever you are as a friend, because we all need a friend sometimes to bounce ideas off of. And, you know, thank God for technology these days where we could we could sit here on a podcast, something that we're familiar with, and walk through our problems. Basically, you guys email me. That's the whole format of this thing. You email me, GrangerSmithPodcast at gmail.com. Any kind of question could be about any subject. We've seen it all. 174 episodes. We've seen every kind of question, at least I think so far. So if you got something for me, shoot it over. We'll discuss it. I have no notes on this table. I have no preparation or fancy, beautiful quotes lined up for you. We're just talking like we're in the cab of a truck, like we're sitting around a campfire. That's what we do every single Monday. So let's get to it. First question here. Subject line says, unsure how to go about this. Hey, Granger. As a man who grew up in a household where you don't talk about your feelings very much, how would you do that with others? On submarines, there's a stigma about talking about your problems sometimes because you don't want the wrong thing to be portrayed and then be disqualified. However, lately I've been starting to drink more and everything seems to pour out when I drink. I don't want to continue drinking a lot. I also don't know how to go about talking about things that go on in my mind. Thank you, Austin. Are you on a submarine, bro? Surely not currently while you're emailing. Does, do submarines have Wi-Fi? I'm not sure. Um, e either way, hey, I don't think you just said that casually. Thank you for your service. Thanks for what you do. I'm assuming Navy. What's so, what's, what's so interesting, I find this so interesting on this podcast each and every week. I read these questions and I see interesting things about human nature. Right, I've learned so much through all of these episodes with you guys. Look at this. Let me show. You. Come, come on in. Come, everybody, come on in. Huddle around the campfire and let's look at this question that Austin is sending. He's saying to me, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of give him some words here. I'm, I have a feeling that I'm having trouble feeling how to express my feelings." And so I'm feeling that maybe I'm inadequate in the feeling that I'm having with these feelings that, that I'm trying to express through others because they want me to express my feelings. That's how I feel about this, Granger. That's basically the question that you asked me. And it's, it's always interesting when people word things the exact way that I think they should word it to everyone else. But for some reason, you guys feel comfortable enough to say it with me. What you just did, Austin, was great. You expressed yourself and, and gave me a piece of who you are through just a few short sentences, and you did it very well. 
And it's interesting that you could open up on an email through a podcast and have trouble on the submarine with your buddies. So here's the thing. Let's dive into it. Let's get practical about this. I just want to point out that you are capable of doing it, right? So practically speaking, alcohol is not going to be good with good with you. This is not, it's not a crutch that you need to learn how to drink alcohol so that you could say more of your feelings. That's a short-term solution that's, that's going to go wrong or bad in some way, probably soon, sooner than later. It's a short-term fix. It's just, it's, it's just numbing the circumstance, right? But it's not fixing it at all. And that's what alcohol does. So practically speaking, surrounding yourself with a core group of friends, people around you, or hey, some people say, I don't have friends, okay? People you're around. People you're, you are surrounded with at work. You don't have to call them friends. If you, if you say that you don't have any friends, surely you live on this planet Earth around other people, so we'll just call it that. People in your group around you, your tribe. And you want to tell this tribe, you want to say, you know what I struggle with? Telling you my feelings. So if I seem distant or off or quiet, just know ahead of time, that's just me, man. I'm just, I got, a, I got an issue I have, I have a trouble expressing my feelings. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with you at all. I mean, that's like saying to anyone else, I have asthma, you know? It's like we're all running a marathon, not me, I'm not a good runner, but say we're, say we're running a marathon and before you run, you say, hey, just let you guys know, I got asthma. I don't breathe too well especially in humidity or in smog or whatever. I, I'm not, I don't have a good breathing technique. I, I have a short lung capacity, okay? And everyone would go, cool. Well, now that we know that, let's put you in this group or that we'll keep an eye on you or we'll just know that about you in some way. It's the same thing with our feelings or being able to express anything about ourselves. Like, hey, I just want to tell you, I mean, I'm not, I'm not good at verbalizing my feelings. So if I seem stoic to you, if I, if I seem like I don't care, it's not that. I'm just not great at expressing it. I mean, that's a good place to start. Look, you want to break the ice? Let's build a, let's build a totally practical scenario. You're sitting at chow, right? You're sitting at the table. You've got some people around you. You guys are just chowing down some food. And you go, hey, could I ask y'all a question? People look up, put their forks down. Yeah, Austin, what's up? Do I ever seem distant to you guys or quiet, apathetic to a situation in any way? Put your own words in there. Some guy goes, I don't know, maybe. And you go, that's because I have, I don't know, I kind of got an issue with expressing my feelings. I grew up in a household where you don't talk much about your feelings. And that's just how I learned to grow up. And I just want you guys to know that if you see me in that kind of situation, that just call me out on it or nudge me in the, in the gut. That's just the way I am. It's like saying, I got asthma. 
people will appreciate that kind of vulnerability and that kind of honesty. Alcohol is not going to fix it for you. Next question. Septic line says, dating. Hey, Granger, recently my best friend's fiance started writing and working together with a girl who I have started to become attracted to. Let me read that for myself. Recently, my best friend's fiance started writing and working together with a girl who I have started to become attracted to. We all hang out and we go out and we eat, but I can't really decide if she feels the same. We all get along and have a good time together. And her and I talk pretty regularly. How do I go about or figure out if she feels the same way? Love your pod and your music. Thanks, brother. All right. A question comes from Logan. Appreciate you, brother. Thanks for the email. And um, your situation is, man, I probably get this kind of question. How do I tell a girl that I like her? Or how do I know that she likes me back? That kind of question, I get so much. Oh, I get my inbox just get gets flooded with, I like a girl. I don't know how to tell her that I like her. How do I know that she likes me back? Some way that question is asked every single day to this podcast. So um, let me try to say this universally for a lot of people listening, right? I say many times on this podcast, I'm not always right. And every personality is different. So I'm going to say this in a way that I would need to do it for myself. I say need because I'm hesitant to say this is the way I would do it because it's hard to do it. This is hard, y'all. It's not easy. Like this is this is a, a difficult thing because it's it's vulnerable and it's awkward and it's humiliating and it's nerve-wracking and it is it's it's part of dating and it's it's part of humanity, right? So this is what I would recommend for someone like me and my, the way my brain works. I need to put an ultimatum in my own brain. I need to put, I need to get it out there so that I don't talk myself out of it. Here's what I mean. If I say, because, okay, you know that you need to talk to her and you need to, you need to say something along the lines of, I like you, but I want to bring it up to see if you like me too because then maybe we can go get some coffee or something and take this to the next level and I wanted to bring it up. So you you want to say that, right? The hardest part of that is getting it started. So with my brain, if I say next time I see her, I'm going to tell her this, then I would probably begin to talk myself out of it depending on the scenario. So I would say I say that and then I see her and she's with her friend, and I'm like, ah, she's with her friend, so I can't do it now because she's with her friend, so maybe I'll wait till a better time, and then a better time comes, and then she ends up, another person comes, and then she's distracted, and then she gets a call from her mom, and she might have to go back home, and then I will talk myself out of it again and say, it's not a, it's not a good time because maybe, maybe later would be a better time, and then she has to go home early, and then I say, well, maybe tomorrow is a good time, and then I say, are you coming tomorrow? And she says, I'm actually uh, got to work tomorrow, so I'm not coming out tomorrow. And then I think, dang it, maybe Friday is a better. So I will continually talk myself out of it because I'm so nervous. That's me. How do I fix that? 
Maybe you're like this too, Logan. I have to get it out immediately and make, make her know that I need to say something like this. What's her name? You don't have her name. Okay. I, let's say her name is Haley, just for the sake of uh, having a name. You say, Haley, um, and later on this afternoon, after we finish here, like three o'clock, um, is it cool if we just take a walk? There's something I need to run by you. Oh, <laughs> right? Okay, so what you did, you got it out in the open that you need to talk. You got it out in the open that you need to single her out and say something independent of everyone else in the group. And number three, you have set an ultimatum for yourself. You've put it out there, something that now you cannot back out of because now she's curious. She's like, Logan, yeah, sure. What, what's it about? Anything bad? And you're like, no, 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 just something I need to, something I need to talk about with you. She will not forget that you said that, right? She's not going to just venture off into whatever she has to do that day. She's going to know, Logan said something kind of strange. He wanted to take a walk with me and say something to me. She will hold you to it and she'll say, hey, what, what was that thing that you were going to talk to me about? Do you want to you do the walk? And you go, yeah. So now she's holding you to it, right? So then she goes, yeah. You, you say, let's... Let's take a walk, just down the down, walk a couple blocks down the road. I like to walk because because you don't have to stand there and just go eye to eye contact and be feel super awkward. Just kind of walk and and then you just say, Haley, I I'm, <laughs> I'm having trouble finding the words because it's awkward and I don't want to I don't want to make you uncomfortable, but I like you in a way more than friends. And I, I, don't, I don't know any other way to say it besides just to tell you straight up, I, I like you and, and I would like to take you out for a cup of coffee if, if by chance you feel the same way about me. There it is. And then now all of a sudden all the pressure is completely off of you. You've put it on her. Whatever she says next is all on her. You have given her the ball. It's in her court. You don't have to do anything else now. So now the pressure's on her to say, oh, sweetheart, I'm, I, I just don't, I don't, I'm sorry. I, I'm dating somebody or I don't feel that way. And, and then you're like, okay, absolutely. But guess what, Logan? Now you just feel good because now it's out there. There's no more wondering it's out there. Like I said, this is the most common question probably besides I lost my faith in God. How do I get it back? <laughs> Those are the, that's the most common thing I get asked on this podcast. And the answer to me, in, in my opinion, for my personality is always, let's just get it out. Let's get it out. Let's fumble it. Let's mumble it. Let's stutter it. Let's look down. Let's kick the grass. Let's, let's scratch our heads. Let's be awkward, but just get it out. It doesn't have to be pretty or perfect or, or perfectly written out like some beautiful poem, or you don't have to be wearing the right cologne or the right clothes, or sun doesn't have to be setting in the sky in the perfect spot. You just, you make it just like real love is, and it's vulnerable and real and salty and sweet and, and, and just completely messy sometimes. That's how I would do it.
That's how I would answer almost every time that question comes up. That's how I would answer it. Let's hit one more here. Subject line says, help getting started. Hey, Granger, love the podcast. Prefer to stay anonymous, but I will say that I am 16 years old and I live in Northern Canada. I've been having feelings for a girl in my church and I want to move forward with this, but I'm not sure how to... See, I told you. What did I tell you all about these questions? I'm not sure how to go about this. Our families have been friends for many years. Here's the run. Here's where I run afoul. I would not be willing to ask her out without her father's permission. I am not sure if she feels the same way about me. See, there's that question again. My question to you is, should I ask her if she feels the same way and then ask her father, or should I ask her father first and then find out by asking her on a date? Hope this gives you enough info. Yes, anonymous. Bro, I got it. I got your, I, I love this question. And it's just like the last one, but it has a twist. The father's involved. I am the father of a 11-year-old girl, and I could appreciate a young man respecting the father enough when the girl still lives with him, or I think even after that. I think it's very important that you're considering this, and I would not feel comfortable with my daughter dating or going out with another kid that didn't talk to me. Mm. I know that sounds maybe psychotic, but I think it's appropriate. So I love Anonymous. I love that you're asking this question. Your question is just to recap for everyone. You want to ask the dad's permission to date the girl, but you don't know if the girl likes you yet. So you're wondering if you you should just get some information out of her and then go back to the dad or go straight to the dad at the beginning. My answer to you is go straight to the dad at the beginning. So that you could say this, so that you can go to the father and say, sir, I would like permission to ask your daughter out on a date. He says, have you talked to her about this? You say, "Uh, no, sir. I wanted to come to you first before I mention anything to her. Whoa, that's good. That's good. From a dad, that's good. The alternative to that is, have you talked to her about this? And you say, yeah, yeah, she likes me. I like her. We've been talking about it. See the difference? There's a respectful difference in saying, no, sir, I came to you first. In fact, in fact, sir, I'm almost embarrassed to say, because I haven't mentioned it to her, I don't even know if she likes me back, but I wanted to start with you because, sir, I feel like that's the respectful thing to do. Mm. I like that. Take a break. Be right back. Hey, podcast listeners, I appreciate y'all so much for supporting me in this very different piece of media for me. Podcasting is long form and unplanned, and it's just a different way to consume media with me. And I just appreciate that you guys can last with me this long for this many episodes on so many different platforms. If you want to get a hold of me or have a video made by me, you could do that at cameo.com slash Smith. Now, this is really cool. You could do it as a congratulations or a happy anniversary or a happy Valentine's Day or a happy birthday. 
even a little bit of motivation for yourself, you could always do this at cameo.com slash Smith, and I will make you a personalized video message right here on my phone saying whatever you need me to say to whoever you need me to say it to. You could also download the app Cameo, C-A-M-E-O, and then search for me, Granger Smith. Super easy and a great way for us to keep in touch. Also, are you looking for new Yee Yee gear? Well, you could find that at yeeyee.com. So many new things that we have on that website right now. For sale, this is our e-commerce company. It's everything Yee Yee related, whether that's apparel or beef jerky. Go check it out at yeeyee.com. Back to the podcast. All right, back to these questions. By the way, I don't have any notes in front of me. I don't have any reading material or fancy, beautiful quotes. I'm just going off what you guys email me to grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. We're going to walk through it just like two friends. Ask me anything you want. I only say, please don't send the same email twice and try not to make it too long, maybe not longer than a phone length for the sake of reading on the podcast. And I'm not a great reader. Next question, subject line says, anonymous. Hey, Granger, I'm 19. I have a problem. I have an addiction to masturbation, and it's been eating away my life for the last four to five years. I keep trying to pray and read my Bible, but I feel like the devil keeps attacking me, and I just don't know what to do anymore. I feel like giving up. I keep talking to my friend about it, and he encourages me, but I feel like it's just drawing me further and further away from God. I don't know what to do anymore. I feel like I just lack self-discipline. Love your work and all that you do. Yee yee. All right, anonymous. Um, let me say. Let me say. Let me start this whole thing with, listen, brother, listen. You are not alone in this problem. I get this email all the time worded in different ways, but I get it a lot, especially from young men around your age. This is a time when pornography has is, is rampant, rampant, right? Th- through, and, I, and I'm, 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 I'm guaranteed this is going to be your problem. You didn't say it, but pornography is your problem. And it is rampant in society because it's so easy. It's on everyone's cell phone. So I want to start just by saying you're not alone. Okay. You're not isolated. You're not, you're not dealing with this all by yourself. This isn't a problem that's unique to you. Okay. Take a breath. Here's the thing. I'm not, I'm not going to call you out and say that, yes, you lack self-discipline. I'm not going to say that because you already know what it's going to take. It's going to take willpower. It's going to take surrender. It's going to take building up your self-discipline. But how do you do that? Practically, how do you do it? I always like to say that if someone wants something bad enough, you could tell the degree by which that person wants something by the fruits of the current results of what they're doing. For instance, if someone says, I really want to be a welder. That's what I want to do. That My dream in life is to be a professional welder and you don't even own a welding machine. 
You don't even you don't even have any skills. You've never watched a YouTube video on how to weld. You don't really want to be a welder then, right? You don't really you're just saying it. You could tell if you really want to be a welder by the result, the current result of what you're doing to achieve that goal. So I say to you anonymous, what are you currently doing to achieve this goal that you say has been eating away your life for four to five years. Okay, let's start with, let's start with that. That's, that's to try to help motivate you. I'm trying to just give you a little push. You're on the swing. I'm just going get to you, get your momentum going here, okay? Now let me give you some practical stuff. Once again, you said, I have an addiction to masturbation. That's what you wrote. But I'm assuming this is stemming from pornography. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to assume that. I've said this before. CovenantEyes.com. CovenantEyes.com. Uh, I heard about this from Pastor Chad, former guest on this podcast. He brought it up on the podcast uh, in real time as we were talking about this. And I looked at him and I was like, what is that? Well, it's a website you go to, you, you enter your information. But I'm just speaking, I'm just freelancing here. You enter your information, you put in your IP address of your device. It then starts monitoring your, whatever you're surfing. If you land on a site that is vulnerable, some kind of nudity site, whatever. If you go there, it will send a notification to whoever your accountability person is. So we'll go back to my first thing. You could tell how bad you want something by the fruits of what you're doing to get there. If you want this bad enough, you will put your accountability person as your mother or your sister or your grandmother. If you're married, your mother-in-law, somebody super vulnerable, somebody that just makes you cringe. If they knew your deepest, darkest secret, if that person knew what you did when the lights were off in the middle of the night, you would just die. That person, whoever that is, that becomes your accountability person on covenanteyes.com. You enter them in there and you enter your IP address and then... That's a way to get your self-discipline up a notch, right? You say, I feel like I lack self-discipline. <laughs> you, you know what you would say in the Marine Corps? If someone was in the Marine Corps and they were in boot camp, and they would say, I lack self-discipline, I would say, don't worry, the drill sergeant will help you. The drill sergeant is happy to help you work on that self-discipline problem. So I, then I bring in for your situation enter covenant eyes, your new drill sergeant, to help you along with your self-discipline problem. We all need help. We all need somebody to push us. We all need, in some ways or shape or form, a drill sergeant. This world is too dark and cold to just try to navigate it all by ourselves. We are creatures made for a tribe, made for community, made for people to to be around us, it says in Proverbs that iron sharpens iron. We need iron to sharpen iron. We need people around us, like us, like-minded, to lift us up, to keep us accountable. Try this. There is no need for you to be stuck any longer in this four to five year rut that you're in that's degrading your life. Enough is enough. 
Now's the time. Next question says, subject line, thanks for the message. Granger, love your podcast, but disappointed with your sponsor, CozySheets.com. I tried to order from the site provided, but I could not move on without entering my email and phone number. Long story short, I stopped the order when asking for my number. I don't need any more emails and text messages about sales. Thought you should know. Yours in Christ, Mark. Hey, Mark, if you're listening, I hope you're listening. I agree with you. I agree with you, man. Here's the deal, though. Is anybody is anybody watching me? Is anybody watching me right now? I was about to say something. About to say something. I put in a brother. I put in a fake number every time. I don't ever put in my real cell phone number when I'm buying stuff. In fact, when I go to like Best Buy or something, and they say phone number, please, I tell them the number that's fake, and it my my information is in the database under a fake number. That's how they keep track of me. They pull and they go, oh, Mr. Smith. I'm like, yep, that's me under that fake number that I've been giving you guys for years. I just so happen to have my fake number memorized. It's not a big deal to me. And I don't, I don't, I don't think this is a big deal either. So give them a fake number. If I, if I go, if I'm traveling and I'm going to a gym and I have to fill out, you know, the, who I am and every, my email, I don't, I don't, I don't give them my real email. You don't have to do that. Don't do it. It's no big deal. Let's move on. Next question. Subject line here says, dealing with high and low in life at the same time. Hey, Granger, I'm Jordan from Kentucky. In early November, my youngest son was born, and less than 24 hours later, I lost my father to a surprise heart attack. I have been struggling to enjoy the birth of my new son and mourn the loss of my father, all the while staying strong for my family and my wife as my children's pastor and work a full-time job. I'm comforted that I will be able to see my father again in glory. But how are we supposed to balance everything going on in a healthy, biblical way? Thanks for all your help. I'm glad to know there's a Christian man giving advice and bringing glory to God. Jordan, thank you, brother. Thanks for the email. I don't know if you know this about me, Jordan, but um, I share a very similar story. I lost my father around the same time I had my son, Lincoln. My first son, my second child, Lincoln, was born in January of 2014. In early March of 2014, I lost my dad to a massive surprise heart attack. So he was around two months old. Your son was around 24 hours old. So there's a slight difference there, but similar. In fact, that they were both infants. In fact, that we we both lost our dad to a surprise heart attack. I understand. First thing I'm going to point out, brother, first thing I'm going for here. This is the low-hanging fruit. I've been where you are in your shoes. To some extent, every grief is different because we all have our own stories, but to some extent, the low-hanging fruit in your story is this. From when I'm reading this podcast, November, December, January, February, three, November, December, January, three months, three months, brother, three months. You lost your dad 
three months ago. That's that, I could spend the entire time answering your question solely based on not enough time has gone by. You're in the middle of it, man. You are, you are in the trenches and you got enemies coming down, raining all, all over you. You say, how are we supposed to balance everything going on at once in a healthy biblical way? It's like saying you're in the trenches in World War I and German soldiers are piling over into your trench and you're saying, how do I balance all this right now? An appropriate answer could be and should be, you don't have to. The world might tell you, keep it all in balance. Keep, your, keep everything checked. Keep everything neutral. The goods, the bads, the highs, the lows. Keep it all on a manageable level. Guess what, bro? Sometimes life comes at you hard. And the balance shifts. Chaos ensues. Order gone. That's just what happens sometimes. Guess what? It's okay. Tell yourself that. You're losing your mind a little bit. You lost your dad. You're grieving. You're hurting. You got this newborn son. You're thinking, I've lost my mind. Tell yourself, and that is okay. And that is understandable. I lost my dad. I lost my hero. I lost the leader of our family, the patriarch, the one I looked to for advice the one that taught me how to be a man. How am I supposed to teach my son how to be a man when I lost the one person that taught me and I haven't finished learning? Dad, you didn't teach me everything yet. I still got so much to learn. And now I got to teach this baby how to be a man and I haven't finished my own class yet. I haven't graduated yet, Dad. And you left me here. And I'm losing my mind a little bit. I'm, I'm crying in the shower. I'm trying to hold it together, be strong for my wife. She's got a, she's got a job to do. She's raising children and being strong. And, and I got to come out and I got to earn my keep and pay the bills and, and stand up straight and keep my hair combed. And in fact, I'm losing my mind a little bit. And then you tell yourself, and that's okay. No one's going to blame you for that. You break down a little bit and you go, man, I'm sorry. Oh, thinking about dad a lot today. I actually had a dream about him last night. I dreamed about dad and, and he was back and he was good and he looked, he looked happy and he looked healthy. And I showed him my little son and he held him. And that dream really messed me up because now I've just been thinking about it all day. And it's okay, man. Jordan, it's okay. Because guess what you got? You got time. You got time. It's coming. It's, it's, <laughs> the seconds tick by and they turn into minutes and the minutes turn into hours and the hours into days and the days and the weeks and then the weeks and the months. And then, then you're counting years like I am. And, you, and here I am where I sit in about one month. In one month, it'll be nine years since I lost my dad. Nine years, one year shy of a decade, and it feels like just yesterday, Jordan, I was you. I was where you are, and I was thinking, there's no way out of this. I'm never going to feel joy again. Dad taught me everything. I'll never, I'll never be the same. I've got a massive hole in my soul, and nothing's going to replace it because Dad is gone. 
man, here I am nine years later telling you, brother, you got this. All you have to do is take a breath. That's all you have to do. You don't have to be strong. You don't have to be a rock. You don't have to put on a face. You don't have to be somebody you're not. You don't have to tell your wife that you're strong and you're not. You don't. You surrender to God. You've got this part figured out. You just give it to God and you go, God, I don't know what to do. I feel like I'm losing my mind. Restore to me the joy of my salvation again. And minute by minute, Day by day, hour by hour, month by month, heartbeat by heartbeat, all the different intervals of time start passing by and you look back. And instead of saying, losing dad was meaningless. Instead, nine years later, you're me talking to someone who's going through it in the trenches. And you go, losing my dad was not meaningless because now I've learned something very valuable that I could pass on to you. Next question. Subject line says, question, dear Granger, please don't read my email address. My question is below. Dear Granger, my name is, did you not want me to say your name? Yeah, you you think it's okay to say your name, just not your email. My name is Will. I'm a longtime fan. Even have your song list that you threw out in the crowd in Colorado hanging in my kitchen. My question is this. I accepted Christ as Lord and Savior of my life as a teenager. I followed his teaching and made him my Lord of my life and served my church to the point where I became the youth pastor. I experienced a church hurt and saw things I can't unsee. I also experienced things that happened in my life that I wish God would have intervened and he didn't. And now I have a lot of anger towards religion and I hold it against God. I still love him and want him in my life. How can I forgive him and move on? Thanks for all you do, Will from Colorado. Oh, Will. Oh, Will, my brother. I have a very simple yet complex answer to your question. And it's the same answer I have, simple answer that could also answer 99.9% of all the other questions I get on this podcast. My answer to you, Will, is you don't know God. You don't know him. You say you love him. You don't. You don't love him. You don't love him because you don't know him. Because you wouldn't say that if you did. You wouldn't say, you wouldn't say something like, how could I forgive? How, how could I forgive him? How could you forgive God? How could you? You will? Okay, hang on. Time out, time out, time out, time out. My voice is getting excited. My voice is getting um, direct. Don't let that direct sound of my excited voice sound like it's coming down upon you. It's not. I'm joining you as a, as a fellow flawed human, okay? <laughs> I'm locking arms with you and joining you as a, as a fellow human. So don't let this, don't, don't let, sometimes I listen back on my podcast and I'm like, man, you're yelling at him. No, 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 no. 
I'm just a very passionate person. Y'all know this. Will, you don't know God. You would not tell the creator of the universe, the alpha and the omega, the one that purposed heaven and earth, the one that spoke life. You would not say something like, you are trying to forgive him. You would not say something like, I'm trying not to hold it against him. Anything. You would not say, I still love him and want him, but you wouldn't say but if you just knew him. I say all that in a way that I have sympathy for you because I 100% understand you and where you're coming from and your sentiment and, and that your, your idea of you've seen bad things in the church, which has nothing to do with God, those are people, flawed humans that have messed up. No front page news there. You have experienced church hurt. You saw things that you can't unsee. Have we not all? Have we not all? They just get on Twitter for five seconds, turn on the news, open up any front page of any article. You see things that you wish you couldn't see, you wish didn't happen on this earth. And then you say, in your life, you've experienced things that you wish God would have intervened on. Mm. I say that in a way that I understand you, but also in a way that I used to feel that way, but I don't anymore because now I know who God is. This is the most passionate thing I could ever be about in my life. How, how did I know? How did I learn this? Through the living, breathing word of God, the Bible itself, reading it cover to cover, diligently every single day, not taking a break, learning through that the character of God through that page after page, story after story, learning the character. If, you, if you're married and you're around your wife every single day, slowly after being around her and hearing her talk, you learn her character so much so that you could start to predict how she would react in certain situations, how she would handle certain things, even though she's not there or even though she's not currently speaking about it. You know her so well because you're with her every day that you could predict how she's going to respond. And that's what happens with God when you're in his word, when you're diligent about it. And you understand, if you're in his word, you understand that bad things happen, that things happen within the church, that things happen within leadership of the church and religion becomes corrupt. Wow, those stories are all in the Bible. And see how God feels about that. See how God reacts to those situations that you're talking about. They're right there in front of you in your Bible. And it will blow your mind if you read that and you go, oh, that's how God feels about church hurt? That's how God feels about these experiences that I can't unsee? That's how God feels about these experiences in my life that I wish he would have intervened? This is what he promises? This is what he has fulfilled? This is where he came through? This is why he allows suffering? This is why he doesn't stop it, because he walks us through it so that we benefit from it, so that we're refined 
Like gold and silver in a furnace, he refines us through suffering, through tribulation, through like the last question, losing our dads. I don't want to lose my dad. God, why didn't you intervene? Why didn't you stop the heart attack from happening so he could have been here and he could be with me and he could have seen my son, Lincoln? Why would you do that to me, God? You could have intervened. If I said that, it would be because I don't know God. Because God says, I got a plan for you, Granger. I got a plan for you, Will. And you can't always see the result of it right now. You can't always see what I'm doing. In fact, you don't need to know what I'm doing. I am building something. I'm doing something new. And you need me. And you need this plan. And it's always good, even with the suffering. Take your favorite movie, Will, and take the bad guy out of it. Take the bad scenario out of your favorite movie. And what does it become? Probably your least favorite movie because it no longer has the struggle and it no longer has the the main character overcoming the struggle, learning, becoming better because of it and triumphing in the end because of the darkness, because of the struggle, because of the suffering. That's why it's there. That's why you love the movie so much. You don't know God. Learn who he is. Love you guys. See you next Monday. Thanks for joining me on the Granger Smith Podcast. I appreciate all of you guys. You could help me out by rating this podcast on iTunes. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to this channel. Hit that little like button and notifications bell so that you never miss any time I upload a video. If you have a question for me that you would like me to answer, email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. Yee yee.